This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, useless music information, useless history, and useless fashion information, which is basically what I wear every day. Of course, plus we'll open up the mailbag and the headline from news from around the world, 40 beauty contestants banned because of Botox. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Happy New Year. Here we go. First episode of the year. From Beethoven to Bieber. Rock and roll. To rhythm and blues. This is Totally Useless Music Information with Nick and Roy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you say they were banned because of large buttocks? No. Beauty contestants banned because of Botox. But that's news around the world. That's news from around the world later in the program. Oh, stay tuned. Thank you for joining us. And if you're still hungover from New Year's, thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to cause any. We don't want to <laughs> cause any more headaches than we normally do week after week. This is technically episode number sixteen from season five. And here's my first useless music fact. You know that song "Royals" by Lord. Mm-hmm. She wrote yeah, the lyrics, and you're thinking, remember, you're thinking, wait a minute, hold on. Did she write that because of, like, the royal family, like the queen and the king and the prince? No. No. In a half hour in her home in July of 2012, during a school break, this is how young she was, she and someone else recorded the song at Golden Age Studios, and she wrote the song. She titled it Royals because she saw a photograph of Kansas City Royal baseball player George Brett signing baseballs with his team's name Royals emblazoned on his shirt. And therefore, she called the song Royals. She said during a VH1 interview in September 2013, it was just that word. It was really cool. And she wrote a hit song. And we're going to be royals, right? Yeah, that's cool. They're awesome. Okay, get ready to learn, folks. <laughs> the Shamisen, Shamisen, uh-huh. it's very old. Yeah. You know the sound. So now that you know that, on October 23rd, 2016, 1,911 Shaman toting participants <laughs> yeah. got together and they played their shamans at the same time for six minutes and five seconds to break a new world record. Who the hell even knew there were that many shamisons made in the whole yeah. world? Yeah, it shamashans out of me. <laughs> Boy, I almost said something really rude in a different language. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we all, you know they stroke they like stroking their bows. Oh yeah, they like yeah, they love stroking. <laughs> we you know they should have a t-shirt. We stroke our bows every day. <laughs> Here's a we t-shirt. broke the world record of bow stroking. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need rosin so it doesn't slip out of your hand. 
uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> we've all watched ad nauseum and probably not because less and less people are watching these but award shows music award shows specifically a grammy award used to used to be called the gramophone award Mm. It's an accolade by the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences of uh, the United States to recognize outstanding achievements in the music industry. The annual presentation ceremony features performances from prominent artists and other stuff. The first ever Grammy went to Domenico Modugno for the song Volare. They probably played on a gramophone. They probably did, exactly. (laughs) And And this is really cool. The album of the year went to the music from Peter Gunn, Henry Mancini. Yeah, Yeah, that was a pretty cool cool song. Really iconic uh, bass guitar, right? It still is. It still is a, a song that bands use to go in and out of sets. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The 19th century composer Robert Schumann was one of the greatest romantic composers of all time, but he was also a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he would weird? as much as possible stick his hands into the guts of recently slaughtered animals? Oh. Because he thought it was a cure for illnesses. So could you imagine this guy, Robert Schulman, these this great composer hanging out at the butcher shop? <laughs> Morning, boys. <laughs> Morning, Ralph. Boom. <laughs> but he would stick his hands and recently slaughtered animals because he thought it helped him against illness. So up here in Canada, we have the Juno Awards, which is our version of the Grammys. The Juno Awards are presented annually to Canadian music artists. Uh, in and- June? No, no, no. It, it's actually in the springtime, so before June. Before June. Be the spring awards, but go the ahead. Spring, yes. They also acknowledge um, technical achievements and all aspects of music. New members of the Canadian Music Hall of Fame are also inducted as part of the awards ceremonies. But the first ever Juno Awards went to Oscar Peterson and Guy Lombardo. Oh, my God. And Guy Lombardo, of course, is famous for O Lang Syne, which we just heard ad nauseum just last week. Right. You know. But you, you know, my grandmother used to watch Guy Lombardo's show and, and uh what was the other guy with the follow the bouncing ball? Uh Mitch Miller. <laughs> the sing along, yeah. So the All Lang by the way, the All Lang Zine song, because we sang it uh, you know, so much, uh, traditionally hmm. accompanied by people joining hands in friendship as they look forward to the new year ahead and pledging that whatever changes life may bring them. Old friends will not be forgotten, kind of like you and I for 40 years. We keep trying to forget, but we can't. Yeah, and then they play that damn song, and I remember. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's not worth a Juno. Yeah, forget about it. Maybe they should get the Springo. Okay. You know the song, The Day the Music Dies. Yeah. You know that song, right? Yeah, American Pie. Well, what does it mean? It means we want to have dessert after dinner, no? American pie, hopefully cherry or apple. That's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it was about not one, but two plane crashes. Most people think it was about February 3rd, 1959, the day the plane crashed and killed uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valley, and um, the big bopper. bopper. Yeah. Right. But it was also about two plane crashes. The second was in 1963. In Tennessee, and it killed Pax, Patsy Cline 
and a guy named Hawkshaw Hawkins, who was a famous country western. They think that the 1963 crash is what actually started him to write the song. So, oh, wow. It's about two plane crashes. It's a horrific thing. It's also a song that disc jockeys used to play when they wanted to go to the bathroom. It's eight and a half minutes long. Wow, I'm, I'm surprised you remembered that right off the top of your head. It Nick. was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have lots of room in the top of my head. <laughs> Speaking of your head, give your head a shake. Finland is home to most bands of this genre. 53 metal bands per 100,000 people. Okay, so in Finland, there are 53 and a half, actually, 53 and a half metal bands per 100,000 people. Second place was tied between two other Nordic nations, Sweden and Norway at 27.2, and Iceland, third place at 22%, the 22 metal bands per 100,000 people. Though heavy music originated in the United States and United Kingdom, their numbers for those countries were only 5.5 and 5.2 metal bands per 100,000. So for some reason out there, they really needed to bang their heads. Yeah, you would think so. Either that or or, or stroke their bows. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. On a Japanese, yeah, yeah shimishan. Right, yeah. Okay, um... Jimmy Dean took full advantage of being a one-hit wonder. Right. He turned that one-hit wonder into a TV show and the best-known sausage company in the world, really? Jimmy Dean Sausage. In 1963, Jimmy Dean had the biggest hit of its time, Big Bad John. Big Bad John. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was so super popular, Jimmy Dean became famous, and so he took full advantage by spinning it off into a TV show and also opened up a sausage company, the Jimmy Dean Sausage Company. And now in the morning, more people wake up to Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage than any other sausage. <laughs> no, I think what you meant to say was more people wake up to Jimmy Dean sausage than anybody else. That should have been the slogan. That's a great slogan. It is. Yeah. Wow. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Tablet today is history. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Not so loud, please. I'm still hungover from New Year's. Did you did you drink a lot? You know what? We had a great time. We uh, it was a small gathering, uh, a small family gathering, but it was wonderful. We watched the ball drop on TV, and uh, it was wonderful. It was great to bring in 2022. We can't wait for what 2022 is about to bring because 2021 was garbage. Yeah. Well, I did a cruise. And uh, yeah, how was yeah, that? For, it was great. Great to pay for that cruise. I I entertained at night playing the Shimasen. <laughs> <laughs> We got thrown off the ship. They were like, wow, that guy can really stroke his bow. <laughs> I'm going to play that joke for all I can. Yes, we can. All throughout 2022. God help us all. Are we doing what? We're doing history? History, yes. Okay, Roman Catholics in Bavaria, Germany. Germany! Okay. They founded a secret society in 1740. It was called the Order of the Pug. Ah. Order of the Pug, P-U-G. 
new members had to wear dog collars. And in order to get in, they had to scratch at the door on their knees. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. So you're telling me that people had to wear dog collars. Yep. And scra- yep. and on their knees, scratch at the door to get in. Yeah, and then they probably said, set and Z, which means sit, <laughs> sit. sit. Right, okay. <laughs> what kind of cruise was this? Was this like a swingers cruise or something? Or on fun- the cruise, this is a true story for history in 1740. So they walked, oh, come on. So you're telling me that people used to walk around with dog collars and on Listen, their and their hands and knees scratch at the door. Nick, fashion is next. I wear the dog collar as a fashion statement. <laughs> that and, and, a, and a, a weird fetish. But, but right. that's another story yes. completely. This is 1740 in Bavaria. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Called the Orza Order of the Park. Sure. <laughs> the sound made by the Krakatoa volcanic eruption in 1883 was so loud it ruptured eardrums of people 40 miles away. Mm. Traveled around the world four times and was clearly heard 3,000 miles away. That's like standing in New York and hearing a sound from San Francisco. I've done that. I've I've crackered uh, a one or a toa after eating a a plate of beans. Yeah, they can hear you all the way to San Francisco, all the way from Fort Myers, Florida. They can hear you in San Francisco. Is that the call of the wild? (laughs) 14 years before... The infamous Titanic sank. Yeah. A man named Morgan Robinson wrote a book called Futility. And in the book Futility, he called the ship the Titan. Yeah. It was hit by an iceberg in the Atlantic and sunk. And it didn't have enough lifeboats. So a lot of the passengers died in the frigid waters. 14 years later, that would be the fate of the Titanic. Get out. Really? That's a, that is a true story. Morgan Robinson, you can still buy the book Futility. Wow. Not to be um, mistaken with the sexual aid book Fertility. No. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Playing with your boa constrictor. <laughs> Before Julius Caesar invaded Britain, many Romans didn't believe it existed. Julius Caesar was the first ever Roman to invade Britain. He did it twice in the years 55 and 54 consecutively. Uh, Some Romans actually believed that Britain to be just the foot of another huge northern continent. Others thought it was a place full of unbelievable riches, which most thought it just couldn't exist. So good old Julius Caesar. Well, speaking of history, the next British invasion would come in 1963. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why not? See? Segue. In ancient Rome, one item became so popular to trade that the Roman government put a tax on it. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like the American government. Right, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> jo- thank you, Joe Biden. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Justin Trudeau. Yes. Go on. <laughs> yes. They put a tax on it. It was the sale of urine. Oh. Remember we spoke about the word piss poor, meaning that the family collected their urine and then sold it the next day? Yeah. And if it was not a pot to piss in, that meant that you didn't have a bucket big enough to put your urine in? Yeah, that's when we do expressions here on Totally Useless Information. Yeah, Yeah. you were so poor. Well. Apparently, so many people were selling it because they used it to tan leather goods 
Okay, but here is the largest use of urine in the Roman Empire. It was used as a mouthwash. No. This <laughs> is true stuff, folks. I'm wow. telling you, look it up. I'm learning stuff. Yes, they used... No wonder they were all so pissed off all the time. <laughs> they used the urine as a mouthwash. Yeah. Okay, and most Romans would wake up in the morning and slug a little urine and spit it out. And they've said, oh, now I'm <laughs> ready for the day. <laughs> Give us a kiss, honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kiss after a piss. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, uh, brands like Listerine say, you know, now with no alcohol, you know. So what was their, like, mouthwash? How would they? It was called it was called Pisterine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right off the top of my head, too. Yeah, I'll not bad. Boy, I'm tired. Maybe you should be more tired. Well, you're still hungover. Sorry if you were, uh, we're giving you a headache because of New Year's. No, I'm not talking up. about my my attributes about being hung. No, no, over. hungover. Over. Yeah. <laughs> hungover the ledge. The ancient Egyptians used slabs of stone as pillows. In ancient Egypt, the head was considered to be the seat of spiritual life. Yes, yeah, some people think out of their ass and had to be cared for. So therefore, when getting into bed, the Egyptians would place their heads on a stone with a curve in it. Wow. Could you imagine that? They put their head on a stone with a curve in it. That's right. Because Could you imagine Mike Lindell being on TV? <laughs> I am Mike Lindell. And I got this stone my pillow, and it's it's only twenty nine dollars and eight hundred and fifty dollars shipping because it's made out of stone. Right. <laughs> my my stone pillow, wow, yeah. So because remember Egypt in ancient Egypt they considered the head to be the seat of spiritual life. Yeah, right. No wonder they made toilet seats out of stone too. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they did. Wow, wow, yeah. that's amazing though. See, folks. This is what you get on this show. Listen, you laugh, and learn. You don't just get our witty humor or striking good looks. Yeah, you're right. Most people don't get it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can just go play their shimmison. Okay. <laughs> ah, go play your shimmison. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Luftwaffe. Is this is another German. <laughs> That's the German Air Force. Deutschland, Deutschland. Okay. What is it called? It's the Luftwaffe. Isn't that something you use in the shower? It sounds like another pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Isn't that something? Don't you like a scrub with the? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You actually use. You can use it to clean your shimmison too. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? Well, the Luftwaffe, the uh, German Air Force, had a master interrogator named Hans Scharf. Okay. S C A R F F. Look him up. Okay. Hans Scharf. He would get most prisoners to talk. He was the master interrogator. And his methods? Be as nice as he could. Long nature walks, homemade baked goods, gourmet meals, beer. <laughs> I'm going to go over there and get caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for that. Uh, I have no gun. I'm just a prisoner of war. <laughs> we haven't Take taken you, you yet. Uh, bring me to Hans. Okay. It was so effective that we began to use it as well in, in, the, in the last few years at Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> we give them anything they want. Yeah. It wasn't waterboarding. It was piss boarding. They would, they would just... At Guantanamo Bay, we give them all kinds of good food and stuff like that. These people haven't... 
they, they were running around the desert two days before. Now they're sleeping on my pillows. <laughs> <laughs> and complaining that their their mattress is not orthopedic enough. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> wow. During World War II, Americans called hamburgers Liberty Steaks. Ooh. This was because hamburger sounded a little too German. Sure. Deutschland, Deutschland. <laughs> By the end of the show, everyone's going to know the lyrics to the German national anthem. Yeah. Also, during World War II, sauerkraut was redubbed Liberty Cabbage. Again, because it sounded too German. Oh, that's kind of goofy. Well, right? Yeah. What'd they have? A Liberty Footer? <laughs> <laughs> it's a foot-long Liberty Footer. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, okay. So you know, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you finding us after a long holiday, and we hope you had a wonderful holiday. We had a great time with uh, our Christmas show and, of course, our bloopers and best of uh, show on New Year's. Some people yeah, said, if you, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't heard that, folks, go to uh, www.nickandroy.com, and you can listen to all the back shows, 100-some-odd back shows. Yeah. You'll get hooked. You'll get, and I'll tell you, if you listen to those shows, you'll be a smarter person. We are. Allegedly. <laughs> NickandRoy.com. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Elevator shoes are also known as height increasing shoes. I guess yes. it's easier to say elevator shoes. It lifts mm -hmm. shoes or tall shoes. Elevator shoes were shoes that had thickened sections of the insoles under the heels to make the wearer appear taller or elevate them as the name suggests. Didn't Napoleon have those? Yeah, or shoe lifts. That's right. Yeah, he did. Because he was, I don't know how, he was a really short guy. He mostly took pictures. You'll see pictures of Napoleon almost most of the time. 90% of the time he was on a horse. Right. So he appeared, he appeared larger. And most of his men were not on horses while he was. Right. He was horsing around. Yeah, he's just horsing around for a picture. You know, yes. men wore high heels. Oh. <laughs> Segway, segue. Wow. There you go. See, we prove from time to time that we, Roy and I do not rehearse the show, and sometimes it's quite evident. But um, we do not. We only agree on the topics, but not the facts. So what is it again? Yeah. It, this is great. This is great. Yeah. Men wore high heels to ride horses. Wow. Until 1740. It was thought that the heel in the stirrup helped them to be better riders. But those same men would end up in uh, dance clubs in New York City in the 1980s. <laughs> you mean studio? <laughs> young man, there's no need to get dirty, young man. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. Um, yes, uh, I think they went to Studio 54. I uh, Other clubs as well. Have you... <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you were on your cruise ship, did you have to attend a black tie event? Uh, they do have that. They now tend to call it more dinner with the captain so you can get dressed uh. up because, again, most people do not bring formal attire anymore on cruises. Some do. Well, okay, so a black tie is a semi-formal Western dress code for evening events originating mm -hmm. in British and American conventions in the 19th century. The first dinner jacket is traditionally traced to 1865 when the then Prince of Wales, later King Edward, wore it. He wore it. A typically black tire calls for a jacket and which is black or midnight blue 
while you may not have expected blue to be an option given the name, black tie events had originally had suits where they designed in midnight blue because the color actually appears darker under artificial lighting. So you're fooling people when you're thinking it's not really a black suit, it's a navy blue, midnight blue it's suit. Black tie, black tie, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I go on the cruise now, I just wear my shimmer shim around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to share this now. Ninety-nine point five percent of the audience will not understand this, but so in the the southern part of Italy where I'm from, which is Bari, there's a different dialect. And when you said shimisham, it reminds me of one of the things that we say. So I'm, I'm going to say this in the dialect: Chinamashi shimanin, shimshin. Okay, so basically what that is in the dialect is. Um, if we're going to go, let's go. If not, let's not go. It's like a silly thing when you translate it. So right. these are one of the first things that I taught my wife, uh, who's from the northern Italy. And um, she still does it. She tries it. She tries so hard, but she still spits when she does it. But when you say shim sham, it reminds me of, of my dialect. It's where I'm so from. funny, too. It's so funny because the northern Italians, they speak Italian. Yeah. And the people from Bari speak what's called drunk Italian. Shimmer, 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 shimmer. No offense. No. <laughs> Not offended. In the 1600s, being pregnant was so fashionable yeah. that women would make dresses that would accommodate a pillow to make them look pregnant. Can you imagine this? We do that today. It's called McDonald's. <laughs> no offense. No. It's a good. It's a good look. People would say, "What is that in there?" That's my pillow. <laughs> of course it is. Or my child, whichever. Women's fashion changed with the invention of cars. Skirts in the 1900s were made shorter to allow women to step in automobiles with more ease and less of a mess. Wow. Wow, listen to this one. This was a good one. Yeah. So New York Fashion Week, massive. They have one in Europe and Paris, and of course they have the New York Fashion Week. New York Fashion Week is now bigger. New York Fashion Week is attended by 232,000 people Whoa. each year. Yeah. 230. No wonder New Yorkers spend, get ready, ladies, $362 per month on clothing. That's the average New York woman spending $362 per month on clothes. Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. In 2011, okay, the Wall Street Journal reported that Abercrombie and Fitch had mm -hmm. offered that great um, iconic Jersey Shore superstar Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Oh my god. What a they they offered him a deal. You know how some uh, movie stars and and uh, people from Hollywood and and athletes they have endorsement deals, right? You know they would wear a particular uh, fashion item, and of course, you know you associate that famous person with the wow, item. And so what a big thing to have the New Jersey moron be your sponsor for Abercrombie and Fitch. Well, guess what? They told him no thanks. They told him to stop wearing their clothes. Oh my God! Could you imagine? We want you to be our sponsor. We'll give you fifty and this transfer bus ticket <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's when that, yes you'll be going places <laughs> no. who would want that moron exactly I, I hated that show it was so upsetting to me that these people were acting like this yeah well I, listen Abercrombie and Fitch of course is like it's like uh 
fast fashion brand known for appeal to the college students. And I stuff, know, but, but these like, are young people hanging out, messing around day in, day out, listening to music, drinking all the time. Yeah. Wait a minute. That was us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And a trip to the OK. We apologize if you don't. This doesn't mean anything to you. And a trip to the Pelham Bay Diner in the Bronx where we grew oh. up. Because Roy and I are, are six, years of friendship. Yeah, 40 years, 40 <laughs> years friendship plus. And uh, yeah, we would often wind up at that diner at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, if, if most people listening know, but if you don't, I'm in Florida, Nick's in Toronto, Canada. We're 15, 1600 miles apart. Yeah. So, but we're friends, friends for life. So, yeah. Originally from Croatia and now the number one. Father's Day gift. And again, Nick, you said the black tie. Yeah. The cravat, better known as the tie. Ta-da. Okay, good. that's what it was called originally. And it's from Croatia. It originated in Croatia. It was called the cravats. Right. Okay. And it's better known now as the tie. It is the number one Father's Day gift. You would put it around your neck. I put the sh uh, shimmersen, but <laughs> <laughs> right, you know. So, so the kid who didn't quite understand it gave his his father a, a lobster tie, and he said, "I said cravat. It's from Croatia, not crustacean." <laughs> You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. All you have to do is go to our uh, website, which is nickandroy.com. Click on contact us, and you can send us an email just like that. What's in the mail? What's in the mail? Tony from Niagara writes, Dear Nick and Roy, you guys crack me up. No, we don't do crack, but thank you. I don't know how you guys do it. Week after week, you guys get funnier and funnier. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> right, Who wrote this? This Tony from Niagara. Oh, my God. I picked a Tony, too. Really? Wow. That is amazing. This See, show is crazy. We start off the new year with a, with this amazing, amazing uh, segues. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm going to go see a doctor because I'm starting <laughs> to think like you. <laughs> so Tony from Niagara says we get funnier and funnier. His question is this. We have stopped shaking hands pretty much since the pandemic started. What I want to know is how did the custom of the handshake start? Well, Tony, thank you for sending us an email on nickandroy.com. The custom started in medieval times. The world was an unsavory place back then, and people often concealed weapons in their hands. The handshake mm -hmm. was a way of affirming that neither you nor the person you were greeting was carrying anything intended to harm them. Over time, it evolved into a polite greeting. And it actually started with the wrists. They would lock hands and wrists so that they knew there wasn't a dagger underneath their, exactly. coat, their arm sleeve, whatever. Yeah. No. Tony T. That's who I have. Tony T. Tony T from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. He says, your show is addicting. It's addictive, but okay. Okay, wait, wait, that's what I got. See, Nick, we really do think like. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm reading this, and it says your show is addicting. A-D-D-I-C-T-I-N-G. I can't wait to hear your next episode. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work. 
But there is no word addicting, Tony T. Yeah. It is addictive. And trust me, through the years of substance abuse, Nick and I know that word. (laughs) No, we don't. Come on. You know that. We're probably one of the only people on earth who have not uh, used recreation. We suffer from substance abuse. We're both married. (laughs) That's right. Oh, wow. (laughs) At least we were. What a great way to start off 2022. So once again, you go to our website, which you can find, like Roy said, all kinds of past episodes. You can find out our bios. But but Nick, you got to give one thing to Tony T. His grammar is horrible, but his taste in listening. It is. No, 100 percent. Yeah. (laughs) It's addicting. Yeah, okay. That's what you do when you've had too much to drink. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now, for something completely useless. Now, this is not a sponsor or anything like that, but Maxwell House Coffee, what's their famous uh, slogan? Good to the last drop. Good to the last drop. Theodore Roosevelt, while President of the United States and touring the South, made a stop in Nashville, where he was, of course, receiving... He was received with great acclaim. He was really popular back then. He was then served with Maxwell House coffee. Taking a second cup and drinking it all, he good-humoredly said, good to the last drop. The saying stuck. It was indeed too good to pass, so the slogan was adopted, good to the last drop, right on the spot. It had been heralded practically around the world, good to the last drop. And once again, it's not a commercial for Maxwell House but just the useless fact that, in fact, was a U.S. president who came up with that phrase. But we'd like to thank our sponsor, Maxwell House Coffee. <laughs> no, no. Um, wow. See, folks, again, listen to the show. Yes. Listen, laugh, learn. This is what we say. This is what you get, nickandroy.com. But listen, plants can be found all over the world. In fact, there are even plants in Antarctica. Oh, didn't I say that nicely? He did. It's, Antarctica. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, your diction is quite uh, precise. I like playing with my diction sometimes. You know, I say Antarctica or Antarctica. What was? Listen, someone <laughs> someone asked me, "May I use your dictaphone?" He says, "You use a finger like everyone else." <laughs> Even in Antarctica, you can find plants. But did you know? And by the way, folks, this is as of today because it changes all the time. There are 320,000 species of plants as of today on the earth. That's a lot of plants. That was a nice long pause, too. (laughs) It was. Yeah. (laughs) It was one second for every plant on the world. So today on the show, we talked about music. We talked about history. And we we talked talked about stroking your shimmison. (laughs) <laughs> and I gave you a lesson in uh, body from dialect from body. Right. And you also played with diction. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. Dateline, Dubai, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabian authorities have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on beauty contestants that received Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups. Over 40 contestants were disqualified from the annual pageant. Saudi Arabia's popular festival includes $66 million in prize money. Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the contestants more attractive were strictly prohibited. 
Oh, Nick, this yeah. is very um, not very well known, but I am an inspector for the Dubai government. Yes. And I go there and I check for artificial enhancements on the ladies. Wait There's a minute. There's a lot of oh. things now. There's breast in, implants, oh, there's buttocks implants. These things need to be fettered out, so to wait, speak. Wait, wait. <laughs> the contestants? Camels. Wow. Oh! Camels. No wonder they said it's okay to hump. <laughs> Jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's heads, necks, humps, dress, okay. and postures. So they're Botoxing the camels? That's right. Their heads, their necks, their humps. They're Botoxing the humps, their dresses, and also they yeah. wear different yeah. yeah. Uh, judges at the month-long festival in the desert were escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me, like, if you go there, these guys, these Arab guys, they're like us in, let's say, like a, a, a shopping store when we see a woman and we go, oh, that can't possibly be her rear end. <laughs> they're doing that with camels? Exactly. <laughs> they use specialized and advanced technology to detect such tampering. They're like, check out that hump. That can't possibly be real. That's, That's right. This year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels, used hormones oh. to boost the breast muscles. Oh, no. Oh, no. Inject camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax their faces. Well, the inflated rubber band thing, I've tried that. It does work. The club is... I put it on my shimison. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Do you think anybody that listens to this show is not going to know what a shimisen is? 100% of the time. <laughs> and they know not to go to Dubai because, you know, if, uh, yeah. The club. I cannot believe this, though. They go through these lengths for this camel. It content. is. The club is keen. $50 million in prizes. The club is keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the, in the beautification of camels. Yeah, yeah. And they will impose strict penalties on manipulators, okay? I got to ask you a question, Nick. Yes. I don't know if you have the answer to this, but, you know, camel's not like a dog. Where do you keep this thing? <laughs> you keep like in, in your the, house? In, in You're the, watching television <laughs> and the camel's in there? No, you sit on... Bring me a beer and just put it on the hump of the camel. Exactly. You sit on the hump. <laughs> the camel beauty contest is at the heart of the massive carnival, which also yeah. features camel races, sales, and other festivities typically showcasing thousands of dromedaries. I, I love this, Nick. We could watch this thing and tell our wives we have to watch a beauty contest for the show. They'll be like, yeah, here for the show. Yeah. And then it'll be the camel contest. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of the swimsuit competition, it'll be the camel toe competition. Yeah, not to mention they'll go inside and start putting some makeup on. They'll be like, is that how they see us? <laughs> well, you don't see us anymore because that's all. Thankfully, we have time for this week's episode of Totally Useless Information. And for, we those, and for those of you that write in to NickAndRoy.com, you can write in now because we're both single after this episode. <laughs> oh, 100%. Hey, we might be camel judges in Saudi Arabia at the end of this. all of this. We will scour the internet far and wide and other sources, actually, to make sure that we find as much totally useless information for you guys next time. Until then, listen, laugh, learn, and tell all your friends about this show and where to go. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. 
Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.